Hey everybody, Adam Rank here. Before we get to the coaches show, allow me to talk to you a little bit about FanDuel.com. If you're like me, your fantasy season is over, or so you thought. FanDuel.com is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues. Matt Nichols from Ohio turned a $25 deposit into over $25,000 playing fantasy football on FanDuel. Join him and the hundreds and thousands of other users who have already won money. This is a pretty cool idea. FanDuel is giving you a bonus of up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. For every dollar you deposit, FanDuel will match it up to $200. Offer is only good for the first 50 people that use the code COACHES. Don't forget, use the code COACHES. Don't miss out on all the fantasy football you can handle. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot C-O-M. Sign up today. This is NFL.com's Coaches Show Podcast. 40 men together can't lose. This is why you lift all them weights. Everybody driving out there. Nobody caught them. And now we're going. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Thanks for checking out the Coaches Show. I'm Brian Billick, joined as usual by Steve Mariucci. And, and Steve, we both love what we're doing now. We love the network. We love these podcasts. Love we, we both absolutely hate this day because Black Monday, even though we're removed from it now, there's the number of people that we know that we've worked with whose lives are affected today. That's the thing that, that I always regret the most about Black Monday. We focus on the head coaches. Head coaches are going to be fine. The number of assistant coaches, there's 12, 14, 15 guys that are out of work today, and they don't have the three and four and five years guaranteed going forward. This is, um, is I, I hate this day. Yeah, I'm with you, Brian. And, I, you know, the guys we work with, you know, we got the players. They're the Pro Bowl players and the Hall of Famers. And they go, hey, well, Mooch, you know, players get cut all the time. Big difference because, A, the players make more money than especially the assistant coaches like you mentioned. And, and when a player gets cut, he doesn't bring another 15 or 20 families like you mentioned. Right. Uh, down as well where they have to get new schools and move and new pediatricians and you know, whatever that is it's it affects so many people uh when a coach gets let's go some of these staffs brian are 22 and 20 i know the size of staff we're talking got that's unbelievable. a lot of families that's hard yeah. yeah well but uh let's let's kind of work through it let's talk a little bit about some of what we know of now for those that follow our podcast we do this on Monday afternoons typically. This is a Monday morning on Black Friday. So when you hear this late Black Monday, excuse me, you you those that are listening to it, a lot may have changed. But as what we know right now, let's begin with the biggest head scratcher really, and how it even got there. Jim Harbaugh. It's announced that he is obviously leaving the 49ers. We haven't had it officially announced, but there's huge speculation, and and it's probably a done deal that he's going to Michigan. Let's just. Let's begin with, we've talked about it before, but how does, on a winning team and a winning organization, let's talk about how this goes wrong. How did, how did we get to this point? Yeah. And there are some other examples of this yeah. uh, previously in the league. And it's a matter, as you know, Brian, of compatibility with ownership or front office or let's all just get along kind of thing. And, you know, we saw Jimmy Johnson uh, you know, got changed for Barry Switzer after winning Super Bowls. We saw Marty Schottenheimer after yeah. 14 and two. Get, you know, and, and there are a lot of examples. And 
and uh, even you and I had some pretty good runs at some places and we weren't there after a while. And so uh, owners have the prerogative to change their mind because, hey, this is not a fun relationship or it's not something I look forward to going, you know, going into the future. And so I think that's what happened with Jim. We all know he's a good coach. We all know his record and his, his winning record. Uh, but ownership and front office just felt that, hey, they didn't want to do this anymore. And, and Jim didn't want to do it anymore either. And so there were other suitors, you know, uh, you know, he may very well end up at Michigan, but there were some other interested NFL teams. But you know what, Brian? Like Nick Saban, Nick Saban's a hard coach and he's a good football coach. He prefers college where he can control who comes in. It's not taking turns in the draft. It's I'm going to recruit whoever I want to recruit practice like I want to practice and I want to run any system I want and I want to be the voice in the face of this organization every day and I think Jim's got a little bit of that in him I think the Michigan fit might be his cup of tea yeah let's talk about that a little bit because we both coached college ball I was never a head coach in college you were of course we were both assistants uh goes back to my uh, when we were at San Diego State and you were Cal State Fullerton those were the good old days right yep um perfect but let's talk about that because I don't think people fully appreciate because at face value, they said, well, wait a minute now. If you go back to college, you actually answer to more people. In the NFL, we answer to the GM, we answer to the owner, and sometimes just the owner. Uh, and obviously, you vicariously the fans and whatever. But in college, boy, there's the presidents, and there's the athletic directors, and there's the head of the boosters, and there's this. But yep. the fact of the matter is just what you said in the college game. You run that total program. Every yep. aspect of it is the way you want it. You have a perfect example you gave was Nick Saban, Bob Petrino the same way, got into the NFL, said, ah, this is my cup of tea, I'm going to go back to Arkansas. So, and, I, and people say, well, why would you go back besides the $8 million they're going to give them? You know, before that was the reason you didn't see pro coaches go back to college as much because the pay disparity was huge. Now there is no pay disparity. He's making as much or more than any pro coach, and he will have total control, which obviously a Jim Harbaugh, covets and so there is a reason to go back to Michigan he's a hard grinder but let's talk about that then Jim Harbaugh right now appears to me you ask what went wrong some coaches are that way Bill Parcells Um, you've heard uh, uh, any number of different coaches Lou Holtz is one that I think recognized look my the way I do business has a shelf life Bill Walsh believed that he believed you could not be in one place more than 10 years now that's a lifetime but the bill, the yeah. the bill Parcells and the and the um, and the coaches that grind that way, they tend to move on quicker because they know. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably burn myself out with my associates here, and I need to take this thing on the road after four or five years. Is that what we think we're seeing with Jim Harbaugh? Yep, it absolutely is. And the Bill Parcells analogy is a good one. Bill's a Hall of Fame coach, and he and he had a knack for taking a product and making it better quickly. And then moving on. And, you know, maybe that style of hard grinder coach, uh, you know, can wear thin on an organization and it's not suitable for long term, but it's a good jolt of energy uh, to, to help fix uh, an organization. You know, you mentioned uh, Bill Walsh. When I was hired by the 49ers, you know, I asked Carmen Policy, I said, George Seifert won two Super Bowls. Right. Why isn't George Seifert still your coach? And he said that. He says, you know what? Every coach has a shelf life. And I went, and he said, you know what, Steve? You have a shelf life too. So you're not going to be here forever. And, you know, and Bill was there 10 years and George was there eight and I was there six. 
and you know the shelf life kept getting less and less but but i there's some there's some truth to that seldom do you have a uh uh, Bill Belichick, where you stay and stay and stay. Of course, being joined at a hip with, with a great quarterback helps. But Marvin Lewis is one that's been, you know, really hanging on for four playoffs in a row. But that's, the, that's not the norm. That's the exception to the rule. Um, you're not married. You're dating. When you're the coach, you go right. in there, you do what you can. You, you get along as best you can and win as many games as you can and see where it goes. Uh, with Jim Harbaugh, I, I, you know, is he long-term at Michigan? I don't know. That's his alma mater. They're going to love them. They got 110,000 seats to fill every game to go back there and beat Urban Meyer. So, you know, if, if that's where he ends up, we all wish him the best. But that's not going to be easy either because they've been on a slide lately. Yeah, and that, when you're in coaching, you don't want to hear that 10-year deal. You don't want to hear that there's a cap there. But now having been through it like you and I have and you look back, Bill was probably right. I, I heard a, a story the other day where when he was getting up there, someone asked Dwight Eisenhower, well, who wants to live to 100? And he said, the guy who's 99. Okay. Well, who's the guy? Who, who wants to coach for 11, 12 years? The guy that's at nine years. Okay. Because at the time, you think you can sustain it. And I think, I think there is something to that. Uh, and there's yeah. very few that get that opportunity. Well, let's, let's move on to a different circumstances. Rex Ryan, along with John Isaac, the general manager, has been mm-hmm. let go. And let's talk about what's next for Rex and what we think went wrong there. Well, you know, we, we both like Rex a lot, personally and as a coach. And he was, I don't want to call it lucky, but he was lucky enough to start fast. Right. Okay. Which is sometimes and, 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 not a good thing. Because yeah, I won my Super Bowl in the second year and literally had and, a panic attack that night thinking, my God, where do I go from here? Exactly the same thing. And so, you know, here's Rex. And then he had a young quarterback in Sanchez. And everybody goes, oh, geez, won't you? Hey, if we'd done that with a young quarterback, just think how many Super Bowls we're going to win when everybody grows up around here. And that wasn't the case since those two AFC championship years. You know, he didn't have a winning record in four years. A lot of different reasons, personnel reasons, quarterback reasons, injury, you know, the whole thing. But Rex, (laughs) Rex, he's going to either end up in television or he's going to end up... I wouldn't be surprised if people want him as their next head coach this week. I agree. Because he's that good. Forget about being a defensive coordinator. Yes, he can do that in his sleep. But he is a heck of a head football coach. And I, and I know these young coordinators and young first-time guys give him a chance. That's going to exist. And it's well-deserved with some of these kids, these, these young coaches. But Rex, is a, he's a good one. I, and if I'm an owner or a GM at, a, at one of these places – that has an opening, I'm definitely considering Rex Ryan as my And it goes to what you're talking about. We put a a year mark on it at 10, but the change that just for change, and this is going to self-serving, I don't mean for it. I've been around, I may be as screwed up as Hogan's goat, but I've been around some pretty good defensive coaches. Uh, Tony Dungy, Monty Kiffin, uh, hired Marvin Lewis, brought Jack Del Rio into the league, Mike Nolan, Mike Smith, Rex Ryan, Mike Pettin. So at the very least, I think I know what a good defensive coach looks like. That's that Brian Billick tree. There you tree. go. There you mm, go. That's a, quite a tree. But Atlanta is a good example. Some people say Rex Ryan down Atlanta, and I can understand that. But here's the hard mm. thing for me as a coach, and you mm. and I can appreciate this, because it, at that point it's just changed. Because I will tell you this as someone who's been around some pretty good defensive coaches. Mike Smith and Mike Nolan are as good a defensive coaches and minds yeah. as has yeah. ever been in this league. I can yep. say that to a fact. 
And not that the you know Rex because Rex is excellent as well. So okay, I'm going to go out and get a Rex Ryan. Is he better than Mike Nolan and Mike Smith? No, but he's different, and maybe it creates a little energy. And now you match it with a quarterback. We're already set on offense, so you can see where management thinks. Okay, we'll create this energy, and now that's what's going to go win for us going forward. Yes, sometimes sometimes a new voice and a new energy will create a little spark in terms of like whoever takes that Jets job. You know, they've been under the cap. All right, the next coach is going to say, let's use all this money. We need free agents. We need to do this, this, and this, and this. get this fixed on offense. We need to draft this, this, and this. And so there's kind of a new commitment from up above uh, in front office and ownership to change what's not been right. And, and so maybe a new person gets those assurances where the, uh, the former coach really was fighting a losing battle. But you're right, you know, you can have in, in the demise over there in Atlanta was their defense. We know Matt Ryan's offense and Julio Jones and all those guys were terrific. Most of the time were just just terrific. But the injuries and, and right. what they were lacking on defense, you know, you who's going to be the coach that fixes that? They need some help in personnel over there on defense. And then, uh, and then they'll have some success. And they'll get That's it, and they and have the quarterback. Let me, they let have me, to get it. Let me ask if you, you agree with this, because I've been saying for a while, as we're seeing in the Jets, they also fire the GM. In Chicago, they also fire the GM. Uh, uh, Dimitrov has survived so far in, in right. Atlanta. Right. It's become a GM's league, has it not? Because to me, what I see now is, the GMs have control, and they're just looking for that next guru. Look, don't talk about personnel. Don't worry about the cab. You don't even have to talk to media if you don't want to. That's your, you just draw up those genius game plans. I'll find you a good counterpart on offensive and defensive coordinator. They're not looking for that command presence as a head coach. They just want that offensive or defensive guru. And I'll, I'll be in charge as the GM. Well, we've seen that a little bit where not only is that guy handling the personnel end of it, but we see GMs hiring coaches too. And that worries me a little bit because as a head coach, if you don't have authority to hire and fire your own staff, um, that's not a good situation. Only a youngster would take a job like that, uh, a first-time head coach, because as you know, on our coaching staff, we want to have guys that are, we're side-by-side with guys we trust that are loyal to us that are all on the same program, headed in the, one, the same direction. And so, you're, yeah, you're seeing general managers uh, have more and more authority, higher and higher pay. Um, and that's why they're being held accountable to it, and they're they getting are. fired now, which is not a bad well, thing. Well, because I mean, the first thing they have to do is hire a coach that they get along with and win, and now you're seeing that when it doesn't happen, uh, the, the GMs are getting let go as well. Let's talk about the Chicago situation because both Phil Emery, the general manager, and Mark Trestman are gone after only two years. Now, Emery was there longer, but Mark Trestman, just two years. I was telling someone the other day, in the nine years I was the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, there were 86 head coaching changes in the league in that near decade. In a field of 32, that means the industry turned itself over almost three times in the near decade that I was in Baltimore. Mark Tressman obviously is going to be linked to Jay Cutler. Was it as simple as that? He just didn't get out of Jay Cutler what they thought they were going to get out of it? Well, you know, football is such a huge team sport, and there's so many parts to it. 
um, from from personnel to drafting and to training and to injuries and all of that. Jay Cutler certainly uh, is is being the quarterback has something to say about their success or failures. And I know there was a discussion, a very serious discussion about the quarterback situation last year. Okay, and there was there was not they weren't all in complete agreement on this. Remember when Josh McNown, McNown uh, had such a good year, what, right. 13 touchdowns, touchdowns and only one interception, right. and he was, he was about minimum wage over there, but he was playing better than most quarterbacks really in the league, and they had to decide if they were going to spend all that money on Jay Cutler for well over $100 million and guarantee a lot of it, and I know there was, there, there was some discord in that building about doing that. And it was like, do we do it? Don't we do it? Do we let him go? Do we, do we stay with Josh, draft a young guy? It's cheaper for salary cap purposes. We can spread some of that money around on defense, which is where we're lacking in talent. We don't have any more Erlackers or Butkus or anybody over there. We've got to fix our defense. They, weren't un- they were unable to fix the defense. And so a lot of it had to do with that huge decision about spending that kind of money. I mean, they, you know, they're talking about that here in San Francisco. They gave Kaepernick over $100 million. Was that the right thing to do? Only time will tell. Um, but that's what the market will bear with quarterbacks. And whether you're the head coach or the GM, you are joined at the hip with that decision. Yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about, uh, I hate to bring up sore subjects. You and I have both been fired in this league. Look, it, think of it as therapy now. It's cathartic. We'll get it out here, and we'll all feel better about it afterwards. Um, let's talk a little bit. I'll, I'll begin with myself because it is a gut-wrenching experience. The hard part for me, the one thing that lingers with me, is the Tuesday before we played Pittsburgh the last game. The year before, we were 13-3. and three. We come in, we're 5-11. and 11. I lost my quarterback. I lost three-fifths of my line. Ray, Ray uh, Lewis, uh, Ed Reed, we were shambles. And the Tuesday before our last game, I sat with Ozzie Newsom, who was a phenomenal partner, rec- uh, and, and Steve Bishotti, excellent owner. And we talked about, okay, where do we go from here? And we had a plan. It says, okay, we're going to go do this, we're going to do that. I was going to go find an offensive coordinator, and this is how we're going to regroup. Well, we go and we beat Pittsburgh. So it's not even on my radar that there could be a change. And I come in Monday morning, and I'm walking into Ozzy's office saying, like, okay, I'm going uh, to start this. I'm going to go get this and that, and, and I'm going to go get a new co- offensive coordinator to replace myself because I was calling the plays at that time. And said, uh, Steve's changed his mind. And the hardest part for me was, because I don't know, did you kind of know it was heading that way? Did you kind of know your last game might have been your last game? Because that was the hard thing for me, that after the fact, not realizing, all I could do is look back and go, God, that was my, maybe my last game ever of coaching. And really, and I give Steve credit for it, we sat down, it was a short conversation, it was interesting. Thing. He said, you know what, Brian, I respect and love you too much to go through a litany of reasons why I'm making the change. So mm-hmm. I won't. Okay. Wow. And what about, I mean, did you know your last game was your last game? No. Well, so I had two different last games, okay? The one in Detroit ended up, it was just different. But the one in San Francisco, Brian, was a little bit like yours in that the year before, we were 12-4, and four, mm-hmm. playoffs and everything. And then my last year, we won the division. We beat the Giants in a playoff game in the wild card. Game. Remember, we came back from 24 down and won that game. 
And then we, we went to Tampa and lost to Tampa, the Super Bowl champs. So, so you know, we, you know I, 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 I knew there wasn't complete harmony, um, but we were being successful, um, playoffs and winning, and, but no Super Bowls. And so when I was called into the office on Monday, that's why they call it, they call it Black Monday, or now it's the aftermath or whatever yeah, we right. call it, aftermath. And so um, I sat down with John York, and we were sitting in his office for, geez, I bet we sat in there for two hours just talking about things. Well, little did I know, as we were sitting talking, there was a press conference being organized, oh, and media was coming. My you wife had heard no it on idea. the radio. Oh, boy. She was in the building. Yeah. Um, they went. Some people went and got my kids out of school, at a couple different schools, and pulled them out of school and brought them home. And I'm still sitting in there with John talking about things. And so, so he knew, but I didn't know for a oh, while boy. until the very end. And then when I walked out of there, I, I it was like, what just happened? Stunned. What just happened? Stunned. And I had a, uh, you know, Bill Walsh was there and my wife was crying and Bill was consoling her and I had to meet with my staff and you know the drill. It's yeah. not fun for anybody. No. And, the, and the staff and the secretaries are shocked because uh, they don't know what their future will hold either. And so that's just the nature of the business. You know, there's nothing permanent. And so we, uh, we enjoy it while we, we can, do the best job we can, and then on you go. Yeah, it's it is gut wrenching, and and no, you we don't any everybody feel sorry for us because obviously as head coaches we do well. We have certain people. A lot of people don't realize that head coaching contracts are guaranteed, so you're going to get paid. I mean, I had just signed a four year contract the year before, so they were going to pay me the next three years of the contract. But assistant coaches, although their contracts are guaranteed as well, they're more short term, and the turmoil that you're putting these families in, but let alone the change in direction of their careers, that that was the hard thing for me as well. Well, let's talk about that for the for the general public here too, Brian, because the guaranteed contract is is a little bit of a misnomer in that there is usually I don't know what your contract right. had but an mine, offset, an offset clause, right. which means if a coach has got a, one more year left of a million dollars, let's say, and he takes another job that pays him a million dollars or more, that that former team is off the hook, right? Okay, or if the, if he gets an assistant job for half a million dollars. They only are, they only are on hook for half a million dollars. So that offset, that's why fi- they. I think it's calculated. Hey, we know we've got to pay this guy still another year, two or three. But what are the chances that he's going to land the job and we're going to be off the hook for most of this? Yeah, I felt bad. I screwed the Ravens because I didn't get that next job, so they were on the hook for the whole amount. You didn't forward. even look. Uh, you oh just went no! Oh, you know no. better than that. You know better than that. <laughs> well, let's talk about let's talk about the jobs that are available. Let's. I don't want to say we're going to rank them. But let's kind of look at what are the most attractive jobs. To me, Atlanta is the number one attractive job. Because to me, if you want to, if you want to rate what's the what's the best jobs, who's the quarterback? And of the jobs available, Matt Ryan's. I mean, you're going to come in. You're ready, set at quarterback. That's a pretty good job to step into. Okay, so yeah, th- this is a good debate because a they do have a, a heck of a quarterback in Matt Ryan, and b the division is really one where Wide open. You, you know if you can improve that defense, you right. can win that division, right? Um, so you'd agree that Atlanta is maybe the best job, just from a coaching perspective. If you you and I were yeah, yeah, but you know what, Brian, the San Francisco job's a heck of a job here too. But I, I mean, you're talking more, about a very talented team. However, the question mark is this division right. is brutal. And right? the expectations. I think I honestly think the Oakland job is. And this is going to floor you here. 
I actually think the Oakland job is the next best job only because, one, let's use the criteria, you, you have your quarterback. And I think, I think yeah. Derek Carr is a legitimate thing. But better than the San Francisco job because the expectations, the guy before you went to three straight NFC championship games, and you go in there in the first year and you do anything but get into the playoffs, that clock is ticking even now. Oakland, yep. if you can just show up at the stadium on time, they're going to they're gonna make you governor, right? <laughs> so the expectations are so low in Oakland, I actually well, think that might be the better job. And the, and the other thing, as you mentioned, their quarterback, I love, I love Derek Carr. They, you know, Reggie McKenzie, uh, some of his draft choices are now starting to produce Khalil Mack. And, and so, and then you look at the rest of the, I always look at the other guys in the division. You're right. And because that, you can have a good football team, but if there's an Aaron Rodgers or in, in your division or a Andrew Luck, you, you know, th- they should win their division, and you're just at best hoping for a wild card spot. But how long are so, Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers going to be That's exactly there? it. How long will Peyton Manning – I bet Peyton plays one more year. I mean, I'm just guessing, but yeah. I, that's it. And then, and then Phillip Rivers. How long will Phillip Rivers right. play over there? Um, you know, I, I think Andy Reid will always do a good job because the AFC West is a good, solid division, but – as those other teams get older and start changing, this young Raider team, yes, can become a better team and be a factor all of a sudden. God, we saw it three times at home when they beat the heck out of uh, Kansas City on Thursday night football. We were there, and they played some. They played three really good home games at the end to win them. So there's a little bit of excitement over there across the bay. Yeah, and the Bears and the Jets, these are legendary franchises. So that part, as a coach, it's very appealing. But clearly those two teams, those two organizations, and there's no nothing definitive at quarterback, that's probably the biggest challenge in terms of if you were to choose one of the – let's say you had a choice of any one you wanted. That would be the biggest challenge, would it not, those two? Yeah, and the Bears have to figure out what the, where they go at quarterback. Right. And, then they're, and then so let's say they have a young quarterback here soon. Well, the, a young quarterback's best friend is what? A good defense? Well, they don't have that either. Right. And so, and then you got, in, let's look at their division. You got Aaron Rodgers. He's not going anywhere. Matthew you got Stafford, Matthew Stafford right. and Megatron. They're not going anywhere. You got Mike Zimmer's team over there in, in Minnesota that's, that's going to be a Up and coming team. young uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, and then, and then with the Jets, too, they got to figure out what they're going to do at, at quarterback. How about Geno? How about Gino with a perfect passer rating in the last game? A little why, too late, Gino. That's why I you know, hate the passer rating. I can't think of a like, more useless number in the world than a passer rating. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyway, but you're you're right about that. And in a division that how long is Tom Brady going to go? And what's yep. the it, you know a uh, t- uh, Tannehill kind of looks like he might be a guy. Uh, right. they, how long is Kyle Orton going to be in Buffalo? So for the same reason that the Raiders' job, maybe the Jets' job could be a good one. Well, let's God you know God forbid here it's a it's wild card weekend. God forbid we get to actually talk football. Let's quickly handicap the four games. Let me let me get your picks. I'll start with the Cardinals and the Panthers. The Panthers to me. You know, we don't give enough credit to the fact you, – you mentioned this. I learned this from you, Mooch, that we don't give you enough did? credit to the fact that teams do get better during the season. They do grow. The Panthers got better. They look like that, that playoff team at the end of last year. They've grown back into that. Cam Newton's healthy. Uh, uh, Jonathan Stewart's healthy. The defense looks better. I, I, think, I think the Panthers will beat the Cardinals at home. Well, yeah, and, and I don't know if Drew Stanton's going to play. Do you? I don't Have think you it heard matters. Anything? Does it matter? Uh, really? It helps a little bit, but – that Cardinal defense hasn't been playing as well as we expected them to. 
Um, Bruce Arians has done a great job. There's, there's no doubt. But I think, I think they're fizzling out a little bit. And I, I'm like you. I'm going to take the Panthers. They've won four games in a row now for Ron. And uh, Luke Keekley is the quarterback of that defense. I love him to death. And then Cam, he looks like Cam all of a sudden. And so they're playing at home. That, you know, that was, a, that was a statement game over there oh. that they made against the Falcons. That was a beatdown. Physically, physically and I was overwhelmed. Because I took the Falcons I did to, too. to win that game. I thought they'd be more explosive. Yeah, or more competitive anyway. And so I'm going to take the Panthers at home against the Cardinals and, uh, you know, with that losing record. And you know what? That's how it is. And uh, it, it, it doesn't happen very often. So I'm, I'm certainly not a proponent of changing the way we uh, have playoffs or buys or all that. You know, they win the division. God bless them. Now, I'm the other way around. I think you receive I know it. you are. But it's okay. You can be wrong, and we, I love you, man. Uh, Ravens and Steelers. You know, obviously, I, the Ravens have the pedigree to go in, but right now the Ravens got – that secondary is really bad. And, you know, they, they beat um, – who is the quarterback for Cleveland? can't even remember his name. I mean, Connor Shaw? Yeah, Connor Shaw to get into the playoffs, okay? Well, now they're going to – they got – the hard thing I have in picking the Ravens, first off, the Steelers – they're past that, you know, where they could lose to Tampa and lose to Cleveland. They seem to be more consistent now. I think their defense has matured, and I don't know that that secondary can hold up against Roethlisberger than either Brady or Manning uh, or, or uh, you know, I, I, just, I have a tough time seeing the Ravens, even though they got the pedigree to do it going into Pittsburgh and beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, these teams have split during the regular season. Home's team, home team winning the games, and now we're at Pittsburgh uh, I'm sure you saw the game last night. And I, you know, I don't know what the status of Le'Veon Bell is. Boy, is he a good back. And, you know, when he got hurt, when he got hurt, he was playing out there like a wide receiver. Yeah. That's where he separates himself from DeMarco Murray. Absolutely. I mean, DeMarco's having a fantastic year, yes. But Le'Veon Bell is such a versatile guy. They gonna, Boy, I, I hope he's okay. He hyperextended his knee, and uh, they're going to need him. They're going to need him to win this game. But... You know, I don't hear any talk about MVP or Offensive Player of the Year. This Antonio Brown kid from Central that? Michigan. Yep. You know, you know how many catches did he end up with? 130 or so. I don't know what what it ended up with. But it, and I know you're going to say, well, Jerry Rice should never won the MVP and all that stuff. But this guy does that. He returns punts for Every, touchdowns and everything huge. else that most receivers don't do. Most good receivers stay away from the return game. Yeah. Le'Veon so Bell I'm being out. The Steelers. Yeah, that would be that would change the equation though if, if if Bell doesn't play. Let's quickly go through the Bengals and the Colts. I don't know what to make. I mean, the last time they played the Colts, the Bengals could do nothing. That was a three-game stand where they they did nothing against the Colts. They looked terrible <laughs> against Cleveland. Clearly, Cincinnati is better than they were then. Um, and I, Indianapolis is only so good. I I don't know. I don't know that I can buy into Andy Dalton going to Indianapolis and winning. <laughs> I know, and, and, and uh, you know, my hat's off to Marvin Lewis. That's your guy, you know, yeah. and, and uh, four playoffs in a row at Cincinnati, all right? And that's pretty darn good. And we criticize Andy Dalton for not being able to win the big one in prime time and playoffs and all that sort of thing. All I know is this kid's got his team in the playoffs four years in a row, and I like Jeremy Hill. Uh, I, I like their team, but they have to travel to Lucas Oil, and, and it's just hard for me to say that Andrew Luck's going to lose a game in, in Lucas Oil in the playoffs uh, right now. I, I, I'm, it's going to be a competitive game. 
I really like the uh, the Bengals edition with Jeremy yeah. Hill. But let's take let's take the Colts. And as much as I, I think the Lions could be a really dangerous team, Matthew Stafford's 0-16 against teams with winning records when he goes on the road. Uh, uh, boy, I don't, made sheer odds, you figure. Yeah, maybe they can go down and beat the Cowboys. But the Cowboys, that was a statement game for them as well. They're going to play their guys late into the game and said we're going to overwhelm a division rival. Um, I, I, I don't know that Detroit can go on the road and beat the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm starting to drink the Cowboys yeah. Kool-Aid a little bit. It only bit. took 17 weeks, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And then uh, is Tony Romo an MVP candidate? Yes, he is. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I just think that they're on a roll right now, and Detroit's not going to be able to win in Dallas. I What's with Ndamukong Sue? What, what is that? I know. I mean, did, a little backhanded. It's going to be hard to suspend him or fine him. I don't know in the way it does. It wasn't as obvious. Was it calculated? If I'm a betting man, I say yes. Well, you know, you got to look then at track record too, and you know, yeah, so that he's is. had a few. He's had a few of those issues, and so, geez, oh, Pete, that was I don't. I, it, nobody liked to see that. Regrettable. So we'll Quickly, uh, give me your MVP in ten seconds or less. You know what? I'm just gonna just I'm just gonna think a little bit out of the NFL box here a little bit, and I want to go with JJ. Wow, oh, hard not to. Are I, you too? No, we're green on something. No, no, I agree with you. I'd love to see it, but Aaron Rodgers. Uh, if I were, if I were more dubious, I'd say he faked the injury just to ensure the MVP. But he has the calf injury. He comes in, <laughs> goes eleven to thirteen and four. I, Aaron Rodgers is a hard one. I can't believe you. Yeah, bailed that's, a, that's a good one. You too. bailed on a Green Bay Packers, folks. We appreciate you joining us on the Coaches Show uh, all year long. Mooch and I uh, love doing this, and uh, make sure to catch us out next time we're on. 